<clears throat> so Father, right now we come to you. We open our hearts and we ask that you begin to bend our wills and God begin to quicken our hearts that we can run after you. We need you, we need you, we need you, we love you, we love you, we love you. We call upon your name right now. We need the sense of who you are, the presence, your presence, your person, your very power. God, bring reality here right now in the name of Jesus, God. We call on your name. We pray your prayers. We're, we're one with you, God, but as we feel after you, we sense the oneness with you. And then we speak out of that oneness. We declare out of that oneness. And we thank you right now for who you are. We thank you for being the head of the world, the head of the church. You're the, you're the God of all creation and you're our father. And I want to thank you right now that you impart to us, you quicken us, you transform our hearts in these areas. We long for you. You're the living God. Our heart and our flesh cry for the living one. And right now we need you, God. You transform our lives. You quicken our hearts. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Have your way in here, measure out, delegate, cause people to function and operate in the name of Jesus. That's your people, God, called by your name. God, we're the living stones. We're not made with hands. We're made by you and we're built by you. And you got a destiny in every single one here, an operation, a delegation for your reality and your kingdom to really show, to help people that are broken, that are groaning for reality. And they're not finding them in institution emptiness. They're finding them in people that house you and declare you. So have your ways in here in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. amen. So we're going to, you got in John chapter 20. I'll probably pick up some of the fragments from the week before. And we're going to go through some of the things in John I was wanting to. And maybe today's more of a teaching day. I don't know. But, uh, but besides that, I, I think it was uh, Isaac. I'm calling your brother. Um, I can't think of the Sons of Issachar. It's uh, either Second Chronicles 12.32 or First Chronicles 12.32. And it says that these guys were, were a part of David's uh, team. They were a part of a team of warriors. And every one of those warriors in that certain part with him and certain tribe with him, they had a certain bend. They had a certain gift. And that's how it is with us. Everybody has certain bendings, certain giftings. And that's why I so oppose the religious institution because people with everybody has a gifting, everyone has something, but they end up sitting in pews and occupying spaces and not get to do anything in their lives. And they're supposed to not do that because everybody has somebody they're responsible for and responsible to, right? So that all we're doing, all I'm doing, I, I don't want to sermonize. I want to equip. And there's a difference between sermonizing and equipping. Equipping is uh, building people for who they already are. And that's what we want to do. So you're released, you do what you do, and you affect, and his kingdom's extended, mm -hmm. not just church attended. That's a big difference, a big difference. People all over right now, I mean, I had, I turned my phone on, I was hearing people with crickets and no God there, but, you know, singing Kumbaya, and he's just not coming. Mm -hmm. And it's sad. You know, you don't want to waste your money, waste your time. Time's redeemed with God. You want to be who he made you to be, yeah. who he's called you to be before you were even born. Mm -hmm. That's God's reality, and then it starts happening, right? Mm -hmm. So, all right. So I told you, John, but I want Issachar. I think it's first, uh, what did I say? Chronicles 12.32 or second Chronicles 12.32. It says the sons of Issachar, they were guys that had the ability to discern, right? And as we're taking notes, every one of you in here, you have a certain, you're a certain type. And everybody in here at this point in life has a prophetic bend in some way. Whether you're a dreamer with prophecy, whether you, you have discernment, a gift of discernment, whether you have insights, whatever it is, there's, there's that ability in here that's more strongly prevalent in this place, right? Mm -hmm. So what we want to do is, he said, they are aware and they discerned the times, right? 
It says they knew the times and the seasons of life. They were aware of it. They were discerning it. So we're going to say, write down in your notes, the greatest gift is discerning. That's right now in this hour. 1 Corinthians 12, it says, I don't want you ignorant of spiritual matters. Not weirdness, but spiritual matters, right? The human spirit, the regenerated spirit, spiritual matters. I don't want you ignorant of how your intuition works. I don't want you ignorant of how true worship comes out of your illuminated spirit. I don't want you ignorant of these spiritual matters uh, that God made you a new creation and, and gave you a divine nature mixed with his. I don't want you ignorant of hearing his voice like how he's made you to do versus the voice of the stranger. Mm-hmm. I want you aware. There's an awareness. There's a sound in you that you have an awareness. Mm-hmm. I, I listen. I was telling uh, Sarah and I was, I think I told Danielle as well. I was listening to this guy talking about the situation uh, with one of his friend's children at a park. And he was saying he took his little boy to the park. He watched a guy pull up. And then he watched uh, another guy go to the dumpster. And he watched the two guys look at each other. And out of that car came a little kid older than that kid and said, let's play hide and seek. Right? He said inside he knew that something was wrong. He said, this is dangerous. There's a setup in this. And uh, so he starts to discern, right? Mm-hmm. Well, if he wasn't discerning and doing that, he could have lost his child forever. Right. And so the, this guy that he was trying to reiterate, which he's not even a regenerated guy, he's trying to reiterate about, we were born, he, would, he basically used natural stuff. We were born with canines. When we used to walk through the forest, we had an awareness of what, there was a mountain lion behind that tree. There was a wolf over there. He says, don't, don't get rid of that. Pay attention to that. And they're not even regenerated people. These are just, everybody experiences it. You think somebody's watching you or following you, but we always dismiss it. You just go like, don't be paranoid. or don't get, You don't have to be paranoid, right? It's not an alarmist. Write it down. You're a strategist. And so when you are coming into this and you're born again, sometimes you have a gift of discernment. 1 Corinthians 12 says, don't be ignorant of spirituals. I want everyone to be aware. I want everybody to sense the manifestation of God. The manifestation, and there's different ones. But so you already have our discerners because you're born of his seed, but you could have a gift of discernment where, where your awareness is magnified. You want to hone on that discerning. The discerning of spirits is not just discerning demons. It's discerning angels, demons, God's presence, not God's presence. It's just discerning what's false and what's real. And it's going to go on those phases. There's a false. There's a real discernment will qualify that discerning will clo- uh, will close the chapter on that. So you got to pay attention. That's why he says, take heed to your spirit. Listen within, right? Um, you have a divine nature and you'll, when you pray even, you can pray out of your head or you can pray out of oneness. So you stay in that oneness. There's a different sense when you're in oneness. There's a different presence when you're in oneness, right? Yes. So, so anyway, these men were, they said so they were aware. They discerned the times and the seasons. And so what I want you to do is start honing your awareness, whether it's by gifting or by the new creation. I just want you to be aware of it. Start paying attention to it. Um, what's false and what's real. You know, you're going to go through that every day of your life. You're exercising your senses. You, you know, God says, he says, exercise your senses unto godliness. You're exercising those senses. You're not letting the voice of reason drown that out. You're not letting the voice of emotion drown that out. You know, you could wake up. It's new every morning. Every day is different. And that, it says the steadfast love of the Lord is new every morning, right? It never changes. Mm-hmm. So sometimes we do. We wake up and you could be in a, you could just, you ever have a, you just wake up and you have a dread, mm-hmm. a sense of dread, mm-hmm. you know, and you know, and the dread's just in your head, write it down. The dread's just in my head. And if I continue to, to allow that dread in my head and I join it, it'll get more dark and it'll get more demonic. 
So sometimes you, you know, we wake up, you could have dread. Uh, what, what is that dread? And, I, and you got to have to discern it, right? Um, is it outside of me? Is it inside of me going on? It, where is it leading me? Is it despair, dread unto despair, gloomy, no hope? And I want you to write down Hebrews 12 and Hebrews 13. And he says that, you know, we didn't come to this Old Testament mountain called Sinai. And he's making a distinction for us. We don't go to this old mountain, this 12 and 13th chapter of Sinai, this mountain where Moses said he came down with this fire, right? And the scary, if it's scary, fiery, and he says, we didn't come to a mountain full of gloom. We didn't come to a mountain that's around with darkness. And he says, that was then. That's what the mountain that they went to. That's the natural mountain. That's religion's mountain. And he says, here's the contrast, guys. Paul's writing in Hebrews 12. Contrast in your head. So if you're following gloom, you're on the wrong mountain. Do not make room for that dread. Do not allow that. So that means sometimes your head speaks to you. Your mind's there and it's the unrenewed part of your mind. Or 1 Corinthians 13, when I was a child, I thought like a child. But he goes, but God's not, he goes, but now I put away childish thinking. Think about your own lives. I think about my life uh, five years ago, the way I thought, I can't think that way no more. Because the Lord's progressing and maturing and changing and you hear that voice and it could, it could exhaust you until the point where you, you're transitioned from it. Yeah. So he said, he writes it. When I was a child, I thought like a child, but now I, wait, I put away childish things. Mm-hmm. So you could be contending with your mind at times. Your mind's like, and again, write down your notes. Your mind is created by God to aid your spirit. It's not created to lead your spirit. It's not created to lead you. You're not led by your mind. The, the, the reality of the kingdom of God is those that are the sons and daughters of God, they're led in step with the spirit of God in their spirits. I'm paraphrasing that. We live by the elements of our heart, which is reality. It's a, there's a more weighty reality in your intuition. That's called truth, aletheia. There's illumination, which is called light. A greater light in you over the light and the quickening of your thinking, right? right. Mm-hmm. Truth, light, and love. There's a deeper experience in intuition than there is in your mental perception. Right. So your mind is only made to uh, represent, to aid your spirit. So if your mind's arguing, 2 Corinthians, you guys practice it on your own. It says 2 Corinthians, he says, uh, the weapons of our warfare. And he goes, sometimes you're warring with yourself, mm-hmm. not with people. Besides people, that, you know, that's a whole other thing. But you're warring with yourself. He goes, the weapons of our warfare, they're not carnal. Mm-hmm. And that means, uh, you know, carnal inclinations. The word is reasonings, logicking. It's, he says, we're not arguing with our mind, but sometimes you are. Sometimes, I, you know, I can wake up today and I'm arguing with my mind. Mm-hmm. You know, I, and if I keep arguing with my mind and my mind's real strong in that area, how do I handle it? I got to deny that, right? I identify it and I deny it. Say, my mind is not ruling today. You know, my, my unrenewed part. I can't let this mind. And so, you know, in the area of the mind, you know, I want you to write down with awareness. There's, there's days that you can get up. Mark chapter four says, the cares of this world will choke some things out of your heart. Paul said, there's the cares of the church that come upon me daily, right? Mm-hmm. There's, there's awareness that you have things that are happening in your life today or yesterday or they're going to happen tomorrow that you're gonna, you, you can get a care for. There's two kinds of care. Write it down. A godly care and a carnal care. If, if, it's, if first you become aware of it, it could be anything. Something on your body, I have an awareness of it. I'm not in denial, I have an awareness. Right. 
Well, I have a concern. I shift mine from a, a care to a concern, right? If you do that, you're going to be in life. You're going to be in truth. You're going to be reality. If you go from aware to care, it'll go to worry. It'll go to fear. And you're in this thing. And it's all based on care. I'm aware of this situation on my body, or I'm aware of the situation with this person, or I'm aware of the situation on my, on my checkbook, or I'm, a, I'm aware of it, right? I'm not denying it. But when I start caring for it, how am I caring? That's where you shift the gear. Because if you keep caring, caring becomes worrying, worrying becomes anxiety, anxiety becomes fear, and now your perception is a bit queer. I can use that word, right? I can use that word today. So, that, so, you, you, so how you do godly ways is that you're not denying your, there's an awareness, whatever yours is, then you shift it from care to concern. So, and, and then when you're, when you're doing that, you, you think it's semantics, it's not. When you go from, from caring, that means I'm, I'm self-perfecting. I, I've been guilty of that a million times. I have care, that means I'm responsible. I have uh, over-perfecting. I can't leave it alone, I gotta fix it. I gotta do that. That's self-perfecting, stop it. You know, I, I tell myself, Self, stop it. <laughs> concern, shift over from caring to concerning. I think it's Psalms 138. You can write it down. He says, the Lord will perfect what concerns you. I, I might have wrote it down. I don't know if I did, but if not, you'll see it. Look it up in your Bible hub later. The Lord will perfect what concerns. I'm not going to stay in the realm of care. If I stay in care and all the way, and I, and I go through that process, I'll be all stuck and my perception will be different and I won't be progressing. But if I shift to concerning... The Lord will perfect what concerns me. Okay, what does that mean, right? And, then, and it's like P Peter says, cast your care on him for he cares for you. Involve him with your concerning, I mean, your caring, it'll become his and yours concernings. Write it down. Involve him with your caring, it'll become him and, him and you's concerning. Use, I'm getting like uh, <laughs> Italian. It'll be you's concerning. So you want to make that shift and you can do it in a second, right? And that's part of discerning awareness. That's in your house, in your life. Mm -hmm. Everybody has cares. Shift it to concerning with him. Which that means that not semantically, but in reality, is it's faith toward God. Okay, I might see something here on the body or see my checkbook or see my whatever. Okay, I'm concerned. No, I'm, I mean, I'm concerned. I'm caring. No, I'm concerned. I'm adding him to the mix. My heart's going to him. There's something inside of me that he's going to be speaking for that. You know, uh, he renews my youth as the eagles. Not a, not a scripture on a box, but that, that constitutional, intuitional scripture word in your heart. He says in James, receive with meekness the engrafted word. I'm sick of Facebook posted scriptures. Yeah. It's silly. It's nonsensical. Right. We need the sense of the scriptures, the sense of God's reality, not posting things, living things, right. right? And inside of all of us, our spirits, we have a foundation that God made. Jesus Christ is the foundation, but he built a DNA foundation in the Psalms 139. said, I wrote things in you. I built you this way. I have a foundational and embedded and engrafted a constitutional word inside of you. I don't have a, a studied word. I have a constitutional word. There's a word in you that bent you, that's the way that you are, that speaks to you. That word that's bent in you, constitutional, will, is unbreakable. It's, it won't stop speaking to you. You could want to sit 
under a juniper tree like Elijah and quit, but that foundation of constitutional voice of God in you. It's called predestined words. It's called, he said, Jeremiah, I knew you before you were in your, your mother's womb. I foreknew you and I wrote some things in you and I made you this thing, right? Yeah. And I struggle, and I, I don't struggle. I, with, I want people to catch that because it's in, the, it's in you. Yeah. It's a foundational, it's an embedded word. And you could throw this Bible down the, the, the toilet mm -hmm. and the word, the living person of Jesus, that constitutional thing will speak to you. Right. It'll speak in you. It won't leave you alone. It'll make you overcome what you're dealing with. It'll give you wisdom. Out of that foundation comes wisdom. You, you test it. I, I, I double dog dare you. Test it. You're in that place. There's always going to be a place. When you're in despair, Peter said there's a lively hope. There's always a silver lining. That's not a mental thing. That's a foundational thing that God puts in you. He told Jeremiah, I made you this way before you were born. I foreknew you. Ephesians 1.4, write it down. I foreknew you. There's things that are in you that he foreknew you, that he placed in you, a word, a destiny, a purpose, not just a verse. He'll give you the verse for you to understand with your mind. You know, John 5, maybe we'll get there sometimes. Jesus said, you Pharisees, you search the scriptures, but you won't come to me, right? It's not in a scripture. It's not in a book. Right. He said, you, you won't come unto me. He's saying, let's correct our thinking. Quit just searching a book. Come unto me. Mm -hmm. And if you come unto me, you'll hear the foundational word in you. It'll resonate. It'll ring. It's an embedded word. The constitution of, of God on the foundation in your life. It's for your life. It's for your bending. Mm -hmm. And you can't resist it. It'll, keep, it'll battle against the mind that's lying to you. It'll battle against the emotion that's telling you, you know, I don't feel this. I don't feel that. That's all your emotions could do. I don't feel this. I don't feel that way. I don't feel this way. They're not true. Right. You know what? If we live by our emotions, they're so fickle, they change. I, you know, I could get up in the morning yesterday and say, I have the strength of God, and I do, and wake up today feeling like, where is he, right? But it doesn't change it, and, and he teaches us that as we learn the foundation. That's why Jesus prays in John 11, Father, I lift my hands, and I thank you that you always hear me. He says, I'm, I know you always hear me. I'm just saying it out loud so they learn this, that they don't think that one day you hear them and one day you don't hear them. I thank you that you always hear me, and that's the truth with all of us. You know, you, no matter how you feel, that's when you grow. You don't feel anything and you, you conflict with your emotion. You know, he said uh, carnal inclinations, that's reasonings. Why you can't, why you won't, or, or, or even accusations, right? It, whenever it's an accusation, and it's always Satan, I guarantee you. Whenever it's you, right? Matthew 4, if you be the son of God, right? Yeah. You ever hear that in your own life? You're not this, you are this, you. Whenever it's you, you know it's a third person outside of you. It is not you, right? The Lord says, I am. This says, if you be, right? right. So once you do, you, you turn that one off fast. Uh, subtle suggestions from Satan, accusations, everything. Your constitution will get uncomfortable. What God placed in you, and he'll say, no, I, I put this so deep in you, this verse of scripture that is the word that became flesh, you're gonna resist it automatically. Just add the amen to it. Right. Co-labor with me in it. Just say yes to it. Because you've got two choices at the moment, but you're going to lean to that constitution. And the more you grow in it, the more it becomes normal. Right. That you go, no, I know this is true. That's why I tell you, journalize, write it down. You're not living in fantasy. You're living in God's truth and reality. So if you write it, it's not going to remain uh, invisible. The word will become flesh and it'll dwell. It'll start happening. You know, your, things will start changing. Your, your checkbook will change. Or something's going to start changing. Your body will change. Your mindset will change. Something will start happening if it's that constitutional reality. Mm -hmm. 
So that's an embedded word, right? That's a living part of God in you. It's already in you. You just got to, you know, there was a guy, I just heard him actually the other day in a second. He was like a, I don't know, he's not even a Christian dude, but he was like trying to be a, I don't know what he is, not a motivational speaker, but he's like a, a, some type of teacher. And he said, most people that I deal with, they have this inner thing of like a, like a hope or whatever, but they just, they don't do it. They explain it away. Or they have a dream, he said. They have a dream, they just explain it away. That's just a natural dude. But in God, that's, there's a reality. Out of your foundation, you go the way you're bent, the way he made you, yeah. the people he connected you to, the like kind and like spirit. That's why I tell people, they, they get puzzled. And I told you, it's not always transgression and sin. It's just order. Mm-hmm. When you're out of disorder, all you have to do is find the order. Find this first. Proverbs says, order is first things first. Just put the right thing in the right place. That's how you build puzzles. Line upon line. When I used to be, when I was a new guy in East Texas, I'd get different manifestations of the Spirit in, in, uh, in Cincinnati or whatever. And I go, I get three different words of knowledge. One is there's this person over here. I can see they have a back issue. One over here has this issue and one has that issue. And the guy that was helping me out, and he goes, just put them in the order you got them. Instead, because I was adding them all three. Which one's first? Which one's first? What do I do first? And, and what I used to want to do was the one that felt the most energy, which was last. Oh, and there's, person, and there's a person over here with this. So I go with last and not first. He said, no, 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 just put it first. You got that one first, finish that out. There could be 10 people that, that day that had that issue. Right. But I was relaxed because all he did was correct and help me put it in order. Right. Instead of me going, oh, should I pick that person back there I saw or I, I sensed or that one. They were all real and all true. Mm-hmm. And they all got a result in that day. But, he, but I would have been in the way thinking... Maybe this one was first. Maybe that one was first. Maybe there's more presence for this guy and less for that guy. I, no, he just said, first things first. So that disorder that I had, put it in order. It lined everything up. And of course, God can show up in a real way. It's when I'm in conflict and confusion or indecisiveness or uh, any of those what cares over concernings that can freeze me up. He'll still show up, but it can freeze me up. So just setting the order, first things first, right? Proverbs 27, I think it is. And sometimes when you're, just make it simple, right? He said simplicity, not complexity. So sometimes you hear in your insights, write it down and then test it out. Believe it, agree with it, say it out loud, right? You know, uh, I sense this is going on. Repeat it, sense it. You're you're sensing and then you're writing it. It'll it'll resonate, it'll witness. The law of witness is in your human spirit. It'll bear witness to what you're saying. And man, you, you'll have the elements of God, life, light, truth, love. And you'll go, I believe it. And you can have your spirits illuminated. Your emotions are on a high. Your mind is like, I'm not arguing. Your will is saying, I'm delighting, right? right. But then the next day, the lights don't seem to be on. Right. Was that still a truth? So you tell yourself, I don't live uh, by bread alone. I live by every word that proceeds out of his mouth. Right. Well, did it come from his mouth or not? And let me prove it because he'll prove it. It doesn't remain invisible. We don't play pretend. Right. We don't play fantasy. It's God's reality. He'll show up, confirm that, and do the notable thing, right? Yeah. Say notable. notable. Signs, right? There's signs. There's evidence to these things. Oh, see, that, somebody, that was something, something came out of somebody. I'll tell them. <laughs> They're like, and they came out with screeches. <laughs> so let's go. So, so that about awareness. Let's go to uh, John, like I told you, and let's start reading. Did you get anything out of anything yet? 
Good. So let's, you know, let's apply that. And so here's the thing. Whatever you're hearing out of that foundation, that constitution, that motivation, that people always ask me, I'm not motivated. I don't feel like this. I don't feel like that. I don't care. Let's, let's argue with our feelings until our feelings come subject to our intuition and God's reality. Let's argue with our mind and our wrong thinking till our mind, let's wrestle with our mind till it comes into that place of submission. Let's, let's let God bend our wills until we go from dreading to delighting. Let's fight those inner things. Genesis 26, there's a principle. The younger will serve, uh, the, the elder shall serve the older. No, the, 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 the elder shall serve the younger. Yeah. It's Genesis 26. It said there's two twins in your womb and you have them in your, and me and his soul and spirit. And so, so what's going to happen is we get more uh, skilled, educated, lean into, recognize the, that foundational voice of God in us, the foundational voice, the embedded word, mm-hmm. and not just a mental scripture on a bread box. Yeah. And that we're going to lean into that. Mm-hmm. All we have to do is co-labor with that. That's called co-labor. He's just small CO or the small CO. He's the big influencer, right? That's where you start seeing signs and tokens and notable things, right? Mm-hmm. And that's, that's an exciting life. That's the life of the law, the spirit of life, Romans 8, 1 and 2, makes us free. It's the Zoe, the energy of God that makes us free, not study. It never has. Right. Yeah, that's why people all over the place remain impotent, trapped in religion. I don't... I tell them, I, I read a thing, man. I put it on my phone just because it spoke to me. I don't care if it wasn't, it came from heaven. It was from heaven to me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and it had this quote, and I, I don't want to brutalize it, but it's like, you know, I'm, I'm no longer awakening sheep. I want to awake lions. Mm-hmm. I want people that want to be equipped. I want people that want to grow. I don't want people to play the cartoonery thing, the churchy thing. I don't want that. Everybody starts out as a sheep. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lamb. A lamb, right? They become a lamb. Then you're to grow up into a sheep, but to become a lion. He's called the lion of Judah. There's a process. Yeah. But you can't be in this for 40 years and still be a baby, yeah. right. playing in an infant, playing in a sandbox with a bunch of religious people. You can't. Yeah. The Lord will progress you out of it. From a, and there's nothing wrong. Right? I'll talk to some lambs tomorrow in counseling. I mean, literally little ones and, and uh, their mothers. Yeah. And that's okay. They're a lamb, but that's not my goal. I, I don't want to awaken. Just I'll grow them. Yeah, you're a sheep. Now you hear his voice, right? And then to a lion, I want you to do that because that's what you're going to do some things for God, with God. And he's going to see and show himself through you and it's going to identify you. So, you know, you get your heart to God. You get born again. You got regenerated. You got his nature in you. And now you become his workmanship. And he's going to work in you and build you how he made you, fearfully and wonderfully, how he bent you. So anyway, argue with your will, you know, till it's delighting. Argue with your emotion till it quits feeling and your spiritual sensing. Argue with your mind and say, hey, you're out of order, reasonings and logic. I'm going to listen to the light, the love, and the light, and the truth of Jesus, so be quiet, right? Mm -hmm. That's why David writes in Psalms 131, I have quieted and weaned my soul from fretting, 131, like a child from his mother. And David knew some stuff about God and the voice of God and the bedrock voice of God and the foundational voice from God in him. That's why he wrote Psalms 139. You know, you made me fearfully and wonderfully and you wrote this in my insides and, and I can't help but fulfill this. I can't help but become king. Yeah. You made me that way, mm-hmm. right? I mean, I was telling Sarah the other day, 2 Samuel 7, and this guy knew the Lord in a real way. That's why he writes Psalms 139. You know, he, he encountered God and he goes, why have you been so good to me? Second, why have you done this? And, and the Lord says straight up, you know what? No matter what you've done or what your kid does, 
I'm going to fulfill this in your life because I made a covenant with you like this. And this is how I chose you to be. And this is how you be. And then when you don't listen to me and your kid doesn't listen to me, I'm going to deal with them. I'm going to chasten them. I'm going to correct them. But he's still, you're still going to have this lineage in your household. That's God's choosing. People don't get that. Romans 9 said, I chose to show mercy who I'm going to show mercy on. And, and you, when you start believing that, you've got more than just a faith. You've got this strong bedrock confidence. You know what I mean? And you hear it in you. When you're thinking, it's telling you it's over or, you know, let's do this or let's go do it. That constitution says, no, I made you this way. I'm, didn't I tell you? Have I not said? Did you not hear? It doesn't say that. It senses that. <laughs> yeah. you no, know, so get up. Stop it. Don't listen to your mind. Aid. Don't listen to your emotions. You know, they're fickle. Don't listen to uh, your guilty conscience when it's, it's self-afflicted, right? right? Mm -hmm. Listen to what I said within you. What comes forth out of you are the issues of life. Yeah. Listen to that. Believe that. Co-labor with that. It's not mental. It's already in there. You can ignore it, right? But, and, and, but and eventually you'll agree with it. Yeah. And then you'll go, I feel so much more alive when I agree with this. Mm -hmm. When I say yes to this, I'm alive. When I say yes to this, I start dying. I go from uh, dark, gloom, doom, and I'm dying. So I'm going to listen to that. And if nothing else, you get trained that way, you, you succeed, right? Mm -hmm. So anyway, signs, tokens, we'll talk about it. So here we go. John chapter 9, we'll get into it. And it's verse uh, 29. It says, and Jesus said to him, Thomas, because you've seen me, you have believed. And I circle this in your notes. I did this when I was a brand new guy. Blessed are they that have not seen, yet they have believed. We live in an upside down kingdom. We live with God's reality. We don't see it first. We, we, we lean in and believe and agree with him. And then we begin to see it. He says the just will live by faith, not pretending. Faith isn't fake. Faith is when you hear that real thing, that groaning of God in your life, that embedded thing, that constitutional thing that you have. That, that's what motivates you. That's what's unstoppable in you. That's why when you could get up, you could be feeling like a funk and want to go into an embryo position in your head, in your emotions, but the constitution starts pushing you. Nope, you're, this is what I told you. Nope, this is how you get up. Nope, this is how you move. Nope, and you go, okay, okay, okay. And then pretty soon the, the, the clouding's off your mind and you go, I'm not in a funk, I'm not in gloom, I'm not in doom. I, I have energy, my eyes are open, right? Mm -hmm. I'm gonna choose that for sure. So we believe what we don't see until it becomes, right? Yes. Some people tell you, Romans 4 is a principle of God. He said, he's the God that quickens the dead. So what we're all, when we encounter the Lord, not a scripture, when we encounter the Lord, we're always, there's always going to be a washing, Ephesians 5, because we're part of his bride. The washing of the water of the word. You don't have to always be in a sin thing. It could be a spot, a wrinkle, or a blemish. Mm -hmm. He'll wash that. So whenever you encounter him, you'll sense the element of water. There's washing. Oh, I felt like kind of like a, a spot, but it's gone. Yeah. A wrinkle, right? There's some, he'll put some heat on you and steam it out in your insides, mm -hmm. right? And then it reflects out of your mind. So it's, you know, a washing that happens, a quickening. He said, I quicken the dead things. Mm -hmm. So when there's things in our life and we feel like we're just in a dead place, he'll quicken and make it alive. Pay attention to the quickening. Pay attention to the washing. Pay attention to the passion of fire, the firing, water, fire. Pay attention to the winds breathing. I could, I'm not breathing. I got a breath of God, right? Yeah. The inspirations of Almighty God gives me life and understanding. That's Job. Mm -hmm. Those are elements of God. That's why I, every, anytime I'm unequipped, I try to find where the person's at to where, the, where God has them going and then what element he's using, mm -hmm. right? That's, how you, that's what you want to do with your kids as well. 
Where are they? Are they dealing with the element of truth only, reality, so they can grow up, Ephesians 4? Are they dealing with washing because they're, they have some areas that God just wants to tweak and sanctify, right? Are they dealing with areas of fire where they've got to stir up their emotion and have a little more passion, right? What is it? It's going to be elements. You find that out, then they encounter God with what they're already encountering. Yeah, yeah you're, just, you're just confirming. Make sense? Yeah. yeah, so it's all real. And you just do it for yourself too, right? Like I said, there's, uh, you know, Paul writes it like this in 2 Corinthians 7, I think it's 5 or 25. He goes, I've had these battles within me or fears within me and that without me and persecution without me. That, there's, there's battles sometimes. Sometimes you just have them in yourself and sometimes you have it from other people. Yeah. Right? It just, that's, I, I might have, let me see if I can find that verse. 7, 7 5. He says it like this. For when we arrived in Macedonia, our bodies had no rest, but we were afflicted on every side. But we were oppressed at every turn. Conflicts and disputes without, right? Fears and dread within. But then he tells you how to master it. So, I mean, this guy's an old writer guy. He goes, I got some dreads and fears inside of here. You know, I have some headaches from these religious people out here. And he tells us how do we overcome that, right? So that's, I mean, it's not, it's a human experience. It's just part of the human experience. So argue, right? Resist your mind until it submits into the area with the light of God. Your mind will answer to light. It'll answer to that, to the renewing of light. Your will will soften to the bending and the discipline that you're feeling within. Until you do, and all of a sudden everything's just set in order. Now you're walking it out and you have a happy life, right? You have, you have fun in life instead of dread. Right. Though you're still, you still haven't come out of that thing, you, but you're out of the dread of it, yeah. out of the emotion of it, mm-hmm. out of the arguing mind of it, out of the, I don't want to do this. That's your will. Whenever you don't want to, guess what? It's the bending of your will. Right. But God prevails through your constitution that he put in you through that foundation, right? Mm-hmm. And he says, you know, people will say this like, well, I don't know if this was meant to be. Well, here's the thing. Romans 4, he said, I will call things which be not until they are. If it wasn't meant to be, I'll, I'll use it to become something for you. Mm-hmm. So don't get hung up on what's not meant to be. Right. Get hung up on what he's called you to be. Yes. I call the things which be not as though they were until they are. So we're just agreeing until, it, until it's happening. Right. That's why he says, you know, we don't, we don't walk by sight. We walk by the inward, right? Yes. And he says in verse 30, and many other signs, I want you to circle signs, and many other signs, Signs is the word in the Greek where there's token. It means a token, a coin, a mark. It means, and like, it, it agrees with Acts 4.22 and notable and noteworthy things, right? That, that it's a token. It's a, it's a coin. It's a sign. There's all, there is signs. These signs, the Bible says in Mark 16, follow them and believe. They'll lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. But there's also signs that follow people and what they believe. Right. You, you get around people... After a while, the signs that follow them are manipulation, accusation, whatever it is, that's the sign that follows them. So I, I already know whatever signs follow them. Signs follow people. Mm-hmm. It's, and signs follow what we're believing, yeah. right? So if I'm believing what he's saying, I want those signs following me. Mm-hmm. He said, these signs follow them that believe. They'll, they'll be healings. That's yeah, spirit, soul, and body. But if, if drama's following me, a sign of drama, a sign of accusation, a sign of that, change your believing. Change your agreeing. Mm-hmm. Change your yes and what you say amen to. Right. Say, uh, you know, what you're permitting. Mm-hmm. 
So the signs following you are going to be health, vitality, reality, love, light, energy, zoe, right? Mm -hmm. that's, that's the signs that, we want believe, that we're believing. So what we're believing, we're believing and agreeing with that constitutional reality. Yes. The constitution of the king and the kingdom within us. And that's more than study, man. That's more than mental agreement. That's more than mental perception. That's more than uh, little, uh, little tiny church pretending. No, it's in you. Yeah. It's deep in you. And you're going to discover it. Isaiah words are like this. There's hidden treasures that are to be discovered. Yeah. That's just in the foundation of how he made you. <laughs> and he's not done furthering it in you until you become that. And you think you have to do it all on your own by your, you know, your great studies or your whatever. No, he's going to work that in you to be that workmanship. You're his handiwork, his poem. He's, he's already written it in you and he's going to show it through you. And so it might eke out. And once you see it, agree with it. Yes. Lean into it. It could be a one-year word or a two-year word, but you know you're going that direction. Right. You know, and it's based on reality. It will never leave you. It never stops working. It never stops speaking to you because it's a predetermined word. For you, for you and me. That's, right. that's different. Right. That's not playing. That's, I was born in the kingdom for such a time as this. Right? right? That, that's the whole goal. So if people start attending and those hidden treasures that Isaiah says start showing up and those are constitution, they came out of the foundation, the bedrock that Christ founded in your life that I foreknew you, I put in you. Now you're going to go, you're going to do it. You're going to do it anyway. And you might stumble through it. I, I did. I, I stumbled through it as an unbeliever into coaching. And my first year before God, because why? Because there's a gift in my life to equip men or equip people. So I'm coaching. I don't know. I'm stumbling into it. Predetermined marking from the foundation put me there. The door's open there. The, 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 the other guy's giving me keys when I don't have a, I don't have a degree yet. Yet. Never. I don't have a degree. So, and, and, but what's that? That's part of predestiny. It's not by degree. It's, not, it's by God's pedigree. Yeah, that's right. And that's why I try to get guys to awaken to. I want to awaken the lions, man. Oh, you be, a be a lamb for a while, dude. Be a sheep. Grow up and get out. My God, get out and be a lion. Mm -hmm. Lions have measures. You ever see your cat in the neighborhood? It's called metrons. They have a measure that they pee on every corner and they go, guess it's my house. I got dominion here. Right. And, and the Lord shows us that through the lion of Judah. He has a measure, a metron. He gives us a sphere. To rule in, not to just to eat grass and lay down. Right. He wants us to rule in that measure. That's, the, that's that part of the lion. He's delegating it to you. But that comes out of here, the real part of you, right? It's not, you know, that's why I tell people, a divorce religion, man. Paul said it, Galatians 2, 19 through 22. I've come out, religion's dead unto me. I'm crucified to it. I've finally gotten out of it. And so I can, now the life I live now, I live by the faith of the Son of God. It's different. It's foundational. You can't help but be the you he made you. Right. You can't help but be that. So I stumble into it. I'm not a, a saved guy. What am I doing? I'm coaching because I'm to build people. I'm to build men and build ladies. Build them. That's, I don't know what I'm doing, but he's, he does. I'm over there in that position. How I get there? Not by my degree, but his pedigree. Why do I succeed there? Why, why does he make you good at it? Because he put that in you. You can't boast in what you're good at. He made you that way. Right. Why do you have that ability to build them, exhort them, and make them more of a man maker? Why do you have that? I didn't choose that. It was chosen. See, that's a foreknowing. And you, everybody has it. Mm -hmm. The foreknowledge of God, the predetermined part of God in you. And you find yourself, he'll get you into it. And then you go, you get born again, you go to the church, what do you end up doing? This. You end up doing that. You end up building. You end, you end up in that same vein. Mm -hmm. Whether it was natural 
to spiritual, you end up in the same vein. You'll find yourself there. Mm-hmm. You don't even know how you got there. Right. I mean, I wasn't supposed to be there. They, I'm, I'm, I, for one, I was too young, and they gave me the keys to the whole uh, that junior high facility, and I don't have. A, I'm supposed to have a degree then. Right. I'm coaching. Took second that year with those guys. Seconds just last, right? <laughs> but yeah, that other guy, Bill Hart, he he won his guys. They were from Seaside. Yeah, but I was training. I had to tell everybody, it's like, well, who cares? I was training guy I was. I'm like, oh, come on, Craig. But yeah, I still remember to this day, Bill Hart. I was like, yeah, he's like, yeah, congratulations. I'm like, and I had a kid one time, and I'm supposed to, and that's, again, uh, not by degree, but by pedigree. I t- he lost the match. He, he looked, I told him, shake hands with the guy, and the referee raised the other guy's hand. And I told him, shake hands, and he, he threw his headgear, and I, got, I said, shake hands. And he did like that to me. I, I, in the middle of the match, I grabbed him by the back of his hair. In his neck, I took him right to the locker room, and I, I got in there. And I thought, "Oh my God, what are the parents thinking?" <laughs> you know, because first I'm not supposed to. You know, right. I'm the I'm the head coach guy. Where's the adult? I'm 18. Yeah. <laughs> so I throw him in there. I said, "Give me your uniform. Take it off. You're not on the team. You don't apologize. You don't do that. You're not going to do that anything." Anyway, we took second. So that's a little deal, but not. It's write it down. It's not by degree. It's by pedigree, and that's the whole thing, right? Because I know if people get in there, there that predetermined bend the foundation of constitution that God built in them for his kingdom in their placing they'll be operating they'll be functioning mm-hmm. and they'll be succeeding and that's cool but besides that they're going to help other people in, in, as well and equipping mm-hmm. and they're not doing the religious thing right, right? Where, where there's all there is is there's bad breath and not his breath yeah. right that's this whole different thing <laughs> And so that, you know, and we all have that in us. And that's why it resonates. And that's why different people connect is because I just want truth. You know, like Pilate said, what is truth? What's reality? And that's it. Just start functioning, discovering that part of your foundation, uncovering it. And so you can start functioning in it and operating in it. Mm -hmm. And it's not going to be in a building. That's like nothing. That's this long. It's going to be everywhere you go because you went from a lamb, a sheep to a lion. And I don't want to deal with it. All that. I'll deal with that if I have to, but no, it's too long, too late. We don't need to wake up little sheep anymore. I know the people that sheep are 40 years, and all they do is uh, push something and they don't do nothing. I like this. Push something and do nothing. And that, you know, you know and when it comes to the end of the day, the Lord's going to say, hey, man, your works are hay, wood, and stubble. Or I want, I want your works to count. So it's not dead works, it's the living works of how He bent you and made you. And you're doing it. More, some of you are doing it more with each other and in a thing than you are if you went to the biggest building thing in the world right. with the smoke screens and skinny jeans or any of it yeah. or the Eli's that are out of date and overweight. Yeah. yeah, just saying. So we'll stay with that. Think about what I'm saying about Ephesians 1.4, Jeremiah 1.5 and, and listen to the bedrock of the constitution that you have inside. It is what motivates you. It is what keeps you living. It is what keeps you moving and, it, and it's not your head. Your head cannot create things. It has ideas, but it can't create. God creates, right? Philippians 2 said it's God at work in us, creating the will, the to-do, the desire. That's the Zoe of God. And that's why I, I'm, I'm, my heart's passion is that people, they go out. You know, John 9, we'll get it another time. I guess I, was, I thought I was going to go there, but John 9, he says uh, the guy was blind. He was living in religion's flock. And then he says he heals him. He finally sees he leaves religion and he gets into a John 10, the reality of not of the fold that locked him in the law and dead works, but into the pasture with Zoe. 
And that's John 10. You guys study it. Maybe you can study it. Read it. Pray it. See what the light of it is in you. That's a big transition. And that's what the Lord always has some type of leaving. Then John 9, you're blind. Oh, we're blind. Who, and religion's always this way. Oh, he's blind. Oh, whose sin was it? His mother or his, or his father's? And the Lord's like, neither. That Neither. And the religion has to tell you why. Well, you got a generational curse on you. Jesus said neither. So if I'm, I'm going to represent him, I want to do the same mindset, which liberates people. Well, your mom did it, the religious people. Yeah, that's why he's like that. That's why he can't see. He, it's a curse and he should be like this. Religion. I remember guys, uh, I remember a guy named Chris Colby uh, went to a religious place. He had Guillain-Barre, was paralyzed from the neck down. And uh, the, the guys were saying, you're in some sort of sin. Now, who does that? Religion. Because they can't lift a finger. They don't have the power of God, the reality of God. So they just do that. I've seen them all over. They see people with cancer. They come to them. I was around it. I can't believe you. You're the, showing the most mercy and you're the most uh, mean dude. Well, you, you got cancer. Well, have faith. Well, you're an idiot. I want, you should be stoned. <laughs> yeah, you have faith. And what do you do? You have faith. You can't even move yourself from a table. And you tell them that has cancer, have faith. Oh, you're a foolish man. Yeah, you see that? That's really, you know, who sin did that? Who did that? The Lord said neither. But this will be for the glory of God. I, I did this from the beginning that people are going to see some things to this guy. That's a pre-word. And I'm going to get him up and he's going to see and then he's going to see you. And as soon as he does, he sees and then they, they come at him and go, you, you can't see on the Sabbath day. Who did this to you? Right? <laughs> Not instead of like, hey man, you're really seeing? Where is that that, that happened? Because it ain't happening in the synagogue. And it ain't happening in that, that little church world. Where is this guy? I want to see, right? So he sees. And then, and then they attack him after that. And then they tell on his parents. Who's your parents? You know, that's a religion. It's silly. It's all death. And then he finally says, who are you? He goes, hey, come on in to John 10. My life, Zoe, my pastures, leave that, that freaking fold. <laughs> get, in this, get in this part here. Yeah. And that's God's reality. That's John 9 through 10. I came to give you life, Zoe, energy. Life more abundantly. If you're not experiencing that energy, just look within. It'll start happening. Mm-hmm. Right? You know, start the, you know, pray. The thing with praying isn't just this discipline of devotion. It's, it's like you're one with the Lord the moment that you said, yes, Jesus, you're Lord in my life. You're already one with them. But you just don't sense the oneness always. Yeah. So when you start talking, that's why I talk, praying is talking to God. David said, speaking, all of a sudden there's a sensing of oneness. Now what I'm saying is coming out of there. I sense it, right? But then when I turn the light off, I'm not going to walk around sensing it all the time. Mm-hmm. You come in and come out, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it makes sense? Yes. All right, Father, I want to thank you for who you are, how real you are. And I long that people not just search a Bible or a scripture or a verse, but they would come unto you. And we thank you for the privilege of approaching you who are life, truth, love, the reality for everyone in here and everyone hearing that pre-foundational, constitutional, motivational, inspirational heart of God that's in there. It's not by feelings. It has strength, truth. You prayed that in, in Ephesians, Paul did strength by the Father. That strength in by the Father is the reality in that constitution in the foundation of us all. So be glorified. It's not the dead works of men. It's not by might nor by power, but it's by your reality and your spirit. And every one of these, everyone in here is a life-giving spirit, not just a mental being. 
So thank you today. Let your word have free course, your person. The word of God is the person. Let it have free course. Quicken, make alive, wash, regenerate, pierce, and divide. In every heart, in Jesus' name, amen.